Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I want everybody to read this with me and think of our neighbors and our co-workers and our friends. Let's read it together. All of our campuses. He who does not have the Son does not have That's difficult to read. Some of you have a son or a daughter, grandchildren. That's difficult to read. Some of us have worked next to a person forever. That's difficult to read. You see, eternal life is not found in religion, good works, education, philosophy. It's only from a personal relationship with God, and that has to happen through Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, most likely there was a time in your life when you recognized you needed a Savior. You were tired of living life your way, and you came to believe Jesus died for your sins so that you could really live. At that time, you gave Jesus your driver's seat by receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. We can never truly be happy if we're in control of our lives. Matthew 16.25 tells us we must lose our life to find true life. We must get out of the driver's seat and allow God to take complete control of our lives. Only He can make us happy and make us the person He wants us to be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 25 with our continuing study entitled, Your Soul is Priceless. The first hindrance is our temptation to deny ourselves what I want to do. I'm not following him if I can't do what I want to do. Here's Jesus' logic. Anyone who's thinking clearly, when they look at the benefits of following Jesus, what he just said makes sense. You mean I get to be a Christian? I get to have my sins forgiven? I get the guarantee of going to heaven? I have peace, I have purpose, I have meaning, but I'm going to have to actually follow you and do what you want? That's an old-brainer. I go for it. But Satan comes in, and he does it very differently. I want to show you in verse 25, same one you just read, but the New Living Translation. Look how it says, And when we get to these last five words, I want every campus, I want us to read it out loud. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, not a church, not a religion, not a pastor, for me, Jesus, let's read it together, all of our campuses, you will find true life. What is true life? It's abundant life here and eternal life there. He said, now, what's he saying? Losers are keepers. Losers are winners. Losers are winners. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Say that to a football team. Losers are winners and keepers. Now, you, you can try to kind of 
play around here, but if you hoard your life and cling to it and grasp it and take care of ourselves, trust ourselves, you will never discover real life. Or we can follow him, do his will, and we have purpose and meaning, as I said to you. Now, there was another temptation. Jesus knew it was coming. It's the same. And the second temptation is the temptation of stuff. Money, possessions, position. Look at verse 26. All of our campuses, Melbourne and Sebastian, you guys here in Vieira, look at this. What good, we started our service with this, what good would it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his own soul? Remember, he's asked, asking for a response. Put it in your head, calculate it, does it make sense? Or what can a man give in exchange for a soul? So Jesus says, You need to stop thinking just about today. You need to think about eternity with that perspective. See, most people don't want to think about their death and what happens after they die. Most of us want to think about today and tomorrow and really life here on earth. That's kind of where our focus is. I'm sure most of us, and that's why I'm going to teach on heaven next week, most of us haven't spent a lot of time thinking about heaven. Well, we don't want to be weird with it, but we are going to spend forever there. Now, understand, our soul, our life, is the real you. It's going to live forever. So I need to have an eternal perspective. Our most valuable possession is my soul. It's priceless. The real me is priceless. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say this? The real me, which is your spirit and your soul, the real me is priceless. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that, would you? Now, when you say that, why is it so valuable? Jesus says it's irrational to spend life trying to own the whole world. Nobody's ever done it. Even when we die, if we have possessions and money and position and power, all that stuff, nothing wrong with having that. But if I base my life on it, when I die, I leave it behind. How much do I leave behind? Everything. Everything I leave behind. You see, when I do that, then I've missed real life. And we'll be separated from God forever in eternity. Now, when you think about that calculation that Jesus is asking him to make, do you want to save your soul? Okay, here's what you're going to have to do. Boom, 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 boom. Now, I know there's going to be some issues. You're going to argue about this. Is it really worth it? And he gave us the answers. You have to think correct. Now, in the Bible, we have lots of illustrations of this. In the Old Testament, there's a man named Solomon, David's son. He was the wisest man, really, that ever lived. And he had the ability to have whatever he wanted. And if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, obviously we don't have time. But Solomon went down all these roads. He he built, he made gardens, he practiced education, he had power. He had all of these amazing buildings and gardens that he had. He had a thousand wives and concubines. How many mother-in-laws is that? He's absolutely an idiot. And he just went down all these roads. And at the end of every single road, what was it? Dead end. And he says a word in Ecclesiastes. He says, life is vanity. It's useless. And I remember when I taught on it, 
a little bottle of the kids' bubbles. That's what he had at the end. Of all those years, nothing. Well, there's another great illustration in the Bible. It's a guy by the name of Moses. Now, I want you to think about something. How many of you were good in math in, in school? Let me see. How many good in math at all our campuses? Just raise your hand. Good, good. How many math maybe not have been your favorite subject? Okay, good. I, when I went into college, I started in, 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 uh, to be an engineer. And in the first semester, I took all these courses, and I took calculus and physics. At the end of the semester, I knew it wasn't God's will for me. You wouldn't drive over a bridge I made, I guarantee you that. I wouldn't either. So I became a pharmacist. I had lots of chemistry. I, those of you that are good at math this morning, I'm going to have a problem. I, I want you to help me with the problem, and then you'll have to help the neighbor that wasn't so good. So you ready? Everybody on the campus? I'm going to show you some math. I want to see if you can figure it out this morning. So let's review the, the life of, uh, of Moses. Moses, when he was a baby, was saved by God uh, sovereignly. Uh, he was put in this little basket in the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter, the rule of Egypt, came and, and, and basically adopted him. Moses lived in the palace of Pharaoh for 40 years. How many? Okay, because we're doing math. You have to remember, 40 years. Okay, 40 years. Uh, by the age of 40, and he, he, had, he just had luxury like beyond belief. And the Bible says... As he watched the children of Israel, his people, they were slaves. They had been in Egypt 400 years. And the Bible says it like this. Moses chose to be a follower of God at the age of 40 and suffer with the Jewish people rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses, when he got to 40, could have said, wow, I'm staying here. But he chose to be called a follower of God. Now, why would he choose to go with the people that are in slavery rather than stay and enjoy the riches of Egypt? Why? Write this down this morning. Moses viewed life with an eternal perspective. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews... He knew that after life, he didn't understand all the things we did. He just knew after life, it was going to be really good for him in heaven. So he made that choice. He had an eternal perspective, not a perspective of today or tomorrow or the next even 40 years. Now, now here comes the math. Get ready. All of our campuses. Moses lived 120 years. Instead of living in luxury for the last 80 years of his life, he chose to follow God for those 80 years. We know he got ahead of God, and he ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness, being a shepherd, raising a family, so he could learn to lead sheep, because he was going to lead the children of Israel to the promised land. Now, he chose to follow God for those 80 years, knowing he would spend eternity with God in heaven. Being difficult now, but worth it later. Now, as of this morning, we don't have the exact date, but Moses died more than 3,000 years ago. So here comes the math. You guys that are good in math, I'm going to ask you this question. All of our campuses, come on, Melbourne, listen. Moses refused... 80 years of wealth and luxury to follow God. Now, Moses has already lived 
3,000 plus years in heaven, did Moses make the right choice? See, you, you, all you have to do is one and one is two, and we got that baby. Can I hear an amen? Did he make the right choice? Can I ask you this morning, will you make the right choice? Will you make the right choice? 3,000 years in paradise versus 80 years of luxury in a palace. Are you selling your soul for what? A relationship that isn't godly. A focus on this world that has no relationship to the future. See, that's why Jesus did all of this. How much did God value our souls? He gave us these principles. So, Father, this morning, open our eyes to how important eternity is and how short this life is. How much does God value your soul? Let me show you. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Listen, campuses. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He, know the, he knew the value of your soul. Satan knows the value of your soul. God valued our souls, our forgiveness so much. He sent Jesus to die in our place. Can you write this down this morning? Salvation is a gift and it's simply priceless. We forget it. I've been a Christian 66 years. And sometimes I forget. When I wrote that down and God just get I said, wow, God forgive me. You see, you can't buy your salvation. You can't work for it. Only forgiven people go to heaven. We need to be reminded that each of us have an eternal priceless soul that Jesus died for. But I have a relative that has a soul. I have a co-worker that has a soul. I have students next to me. I, I have neighbors that have a soul. They will live somewhere forever. That's why God left us here. Remember Jesus' mission. I came to seek and save that which is lost. In Matthew 28, he said to his disciples, which is you and me, go and make disciples. First step is con conversion, then discipleship. We're not here, guys, for us. We're here for the people outside this building. They have a soul. They are confused. They are blinded by Satan. And the only thing that opens their eyes is the spiritual truth of God's word. Amazing time to invite people. It doesn't matter if they turn you down. Pray. Ask God for help. You see, one day, all of us are going to die. Hebrews 9.27 simply says, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment. There's no coming back. There's no second chance. There's absolutely no in-between. There's eventually in hell and then the lake of fire at the end. So let me ask you some things this morning quickly and then we'll finish this up. Remember, everything Jesus did, he made these statements for a response from people. If, then you. You choose. And watch the last part of this. If I would say to you this morning, 
Of course you're going to die. All of us are going to die. Let me ask you to think for yourself now. When I die, what's next? Oh, you will die. Absolutely. Then what? Where will you spend eternity and why? The most precious thing you have other than salvation is your free will. Our choice. It's priceless. Now, do you know that Christianity offers, of all the world religions, there's only one religion that guarantees you can know when you die that you'll be in heaven. Every other world religion, no, people do not know. Every other world religion is basically based off the thing of this. If you're good enough, good enough compared to who? And you can never be good enough. Did you know this morning that Muslims have absolutely no proof of heaven? No guarantee. The only Muslims they say have guarantee is who? The jihadists. Now does that open your eyes? See, if I'm a jihadist, they lie, but they say to them, you will go to heaven. The average Muslim doesn't have that guarantee. We have it. Let me show you these verses. This is so powerful. He loves us so much. He, he absolutely wants us to be able to know when we lay our head down, when I die, doesn't matter. I'm going to heaven. And this is the testimony. God has given us, what kind of life? Say it with me. Eternal life. And this life is in Calvary Chapel. No, Lord, help us. It's in his son. He who has the son, say it with me, has life. He who has a relationship, not, not he who believes in the son. Do you know the devils believe in Jesus? And they shudder. They're not going to heaven. He who has the son, that personal relationship, has life. Now, I want everybody to read this with me and think of our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends. Let's read it together, all of our campuses. He who does not have the Son does not have life. That's difficult to read. Some of you have a son or a daughter, grandchildren. That's difficult to read. Some of us have worked next to a person forever. That's difficult to read. You see, eternal life is not found in religion, good works, education, philosophy. It's only from a personal relationship with God, and that has to happen through Jesus Christ. Now, look at this last verse. This is amazing. I write these things to you who believe in this name of the Son of God. Remember, belief follows through with a lifestyle so that you may know that you have eternal life. Knowing we have eternal life is priceless. Knowing where you're going after you die is priceless. The rest of this stuff, we love it. I love this time of the year. I love life every day. It doesn't matter. But it's nothing compared. It's nothing compared to where we're going. The eternal is priceless. It's way more valuable than the temporal the eternal. That's why Moses made the choice. He knew farther ahead something. Get your eyes off the temporal. Enjoy life for sure. But we have to understand that the eternal is priceless. Now, I'm going to end this morning because I'm going to ask you this morning a couple questions. And I think it's huge for us. And it's a good way. Remember, this teaching was not just about you. This is about you and I 
being able to share with others in lots of different ways because they have a soul. This is a picture of Jesus walking. Can I ask yourself, now you don't turn to your neighbor, you don't turn to your spouse, a friend, boyfriend, girlfriend. Where are you in this picture? You see, if you're not a believer, you're not born again, you don't have a personal relationship with God, you're not in the picture. I didn't say, do you believe in Jesus? I said, where are you in this picture? See, belief turns into follow. For some of you this morning, understand. Because you're not in the picture, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And because of that, when you die, you you think you'll spend eternity in heaven, but it doesn't happen. Jesus said, I never knew you. You see, Jesus is the only way to forgiveness, salvation, heaven, and eternal life. Some of you this morning are in the picture, but you're in front of Jesus. That's not the way it works. One day, Jesus was at Caesarea Philippi with the disciples, and he he asked his disciples, "Who who do men say I am? And Peter really got it right that day. He said, you are the Christ, you're the Son of the living God, you're the Messiah. Way to go. And Jesus said, Peter, your mind didn't come up with that. God gave you that mind, baby. And then a few minutes later, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to pay for your sins. I'm going to die, then be resurrected and go back to heaven. And Peter got in front of Jesus and said this, No way you're doing that! You remember what Jesus said? Satan, get behind me. What he meant was, you're thinking the thoughts, not from God. That's your thoughts. You don't want me to do this. Because if I do this, what's left for you? This morning, some of you have decided to walk off from God. You were in front, and you've gone ahead, and you're backslidden, and you don't have a relationship with God anymore. It's time for you to come home because the only place that has trust and comfort and assurance is following Jesus Christ. God will take, if you're an unbeliever, all you have to do is repent, believe, and begin to follow. I'm going to lead you in a prayer at all of our campuses this morning for that. Some of you, you've walked away. You're not in the picture. Jesus is in the background of your life. You're a prodigal. But the Bible says when the prodigal son came to his senses, 3,000 years in heaven is a little piece of sand compared to eternity. Is where you're at this morning worth it? No. It's time to come home. That's how much God loves you. The gift of salvation is not cheap. It was bought with the life and blood of Jesus Christ. But he did it willingly so that this gift of salvation may be made available to us as a free gift. It's a priceless gift. It's an eternal gift, not a temporal one. Pastor Mark asked all of us, what will our choice be? Eternal life or this temporal life? It's a choice that only you can make for yourself. No one else can make that choice for you. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will learn about the future of a Christ follower. Do we just die and our life ends there? End of story? No, not for the Christ follower. The Christ follower has a lot to look forward to. As Pastor Mark will say, the best is yet to come. The Christ follower's life really begins when they die, and eternal life with Jesus in heaven. What a wonderful hope that is. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your love.